0: Welcome, everybody, to the ninth Five Pin Universe podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. I'm joined by the regulars, Tim Wiseman, Dexter Wiseman, and Adam Weber. And we got special guest, Brett Hendrickson from Winnipeg, Manitoba, he has become a mainstay on the WCBT and is a uh, force to be reckoned with. I think he probably throws the ball just about harder than anybody here. So, uh. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> Alrighty. Brett, you have a topic? Yeah, let's uh,
1: talk about the bowlers within the perimeter here getting back in the Open.
0: Yeah, pretty awesome. exciting to get Winnipeg back into uh, into the Open stats here. Yeah, a lot
1: of uh, a lot of good shooters you guys probably haven't seen for a few years. Uh, Jeff Bournes of the world. Never seen him at anything but Masters National, so you might get to see him twice this year. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's got to be huge for you guys. It's got to be revitalizing to all of you guys out there as well.
1: Really? Yeah, well, we haven't got any details of where it's going to be or what the format is, but uh, uh, I'm not sure what the numbers are going to be considering, you know, everything that's happened. But, yeah, hopefully we can get a bunch of people out and, and make it a big event again. I, I remember hearing stories about the cities before I started playing. My first year was, uh, I think, 2014. Uh, Chris Monchak won the city championship. She beat everybody by 200 pins, even the guys, which was unbelievable. Um awesome. But, yeah, uh, 2015 it stopped, so I only in only the Open here for two years. Oh, really? I know that.
3: That's
2: crazy. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's it's awesome to have everybody back. I mean, it, the, not seeing, like, Karen Armstrong and all those guys is crazy. But, I mean, it's going to be huge for, like, the Gilardis. They must be super stoked to have it.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, anytime we can have top-tier competition where, you know, the best shooters are going to come out. It's it's going to be great. We don't get enough of that here. Uh, everybody's spread out for our scratch leagues. We see each other once every month and a half for Masters. and uh, That's just not enough. It's not, just not enough here. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see everybody at the cities. Hopefully everybody comes out.
3: Brett, when I was, uh, I follow, just like you, I follow everything on Facebook and keep tabs of everything. And, and to be completely honest, with you're watching the uh, Manitoba Open, it's, when they live stream it, I know you did some, announcing on it. It was, it was definitely wasn't doing Manitoba bowling any justice. Uh, watching the teams and watching how how everything was, it just wasn't the same. Um, I know I'm unfamiliar with a lot of the bowlers from outside the pro outside the city of Manitoba. Sorry, Winnipeg. But uh, when you have Brandon Manzel, you have you know you have Brad Ressnack, but there isn't a whole lot of uh, serious shooters outside of it, right?
1: Um, yeah, so I think
3: the, that brings something back to you guys.
1: For sure, yeah. Our our depth out of town isn't the best. Um, you know, we did win the mixed team gold a couple years ago, um, mm-hmm. but with only sending the two singles and then the mixed team, um, I mean, you're gonna set that set yourself up for that, right? Because we're only sending what eight bowlers out yeah. of the whole out of town population. So you know, sometimes you'll get the right mix of people. Uh, I mean, this past year wasn't, uh, wasn't as successful. I think we had a couple people average under 200 in the mixed competition. Mm. Um, we do have some great shooters out of town, don't get me wrong. Some of the best bowlers in this province are from outside the perimeter. Uh, Ian Sylvester, Brandon Menzel, Brad yeah, Rusnak, yeah. Scott Adamson, um, Ken Wilson, his sister, they're pretty good. Um, Nicole Sentner is pretty good. Uh, James Boxshall. They're all they're all great shooters, um, I, I, but again, I'm just worried that they don't get that competition now, right? Like when they when they rip through the provincial championship, if they got to get through the Winnipeg Bowlers, um, you know, they get forged through the fire of great competition, but they don't got that right now. Basically, you show up and you average 210, you're going to nationals. Um, back in those days, I averaged like 262 and I finished third for high average, so um yeah we gotta we gotta get back to that and we are so so i'm i'm looking forward to it i can't wait to hear what the format's going to be and uh i'll be all over it so yeah. yeah
2: yeah that's that's awesome i mean that's something that we are all very fortunate that we have here is that you know what we are around each other all the time uh i mean if we're even even the people that live in calgary and edmonton and red deer i mean we still see you know once every other month um and then the people in Edmonton we see constantly, and we're always in the situation where we're having to, to play to win, and and play in major tournaments to win, and Masters is hard to win, and you know even even our leagues get super competitive. So I mean, um, we're very fortunate where we are, and it's it's nice to hear that Winnipeg is going to get back to that.
1: For sure. Anything Sorry. Like
2: that is huge.
1: Let me add Sean uh, Langeois to that list of good bowlers from outside right. of Winnipeg. Yeah, I don't Absolutely. want to forget about him.
2: He's he's, yeah. he's
1: wicked too. He's a really yeah. good shooter. Yeah. Good,
2: old, good old Nova Scotian, right? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, His wife's pretty good, too, but she doesn't play enough. Kathy, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's a good yeah, shooter, yeah. too. So, yeah, it's exciting. Just I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see everybody out. And I know we did the, the Canada Cup singles. Um, we had over 20 people. It came down to the last couple games. And uh, Glenn Howarth and Jeff Bourne were going. Oh, and Trevor Cook. They were basically going shot for shot the last two games. Uh, so we get that, and you know, bigger, bigger scope of things. The Open, it, yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. Can't, can't wait.
3: Yeah, I, I played against Ian before at Masters National. He's a hell of a shooter. I actually, I think Ken Wilson's one of the smoothest left-handers I've watched in a long time. I don't it's think good, he plays enough. Yeah, I, I know he, do, I know he does great out at his own center. I follow it a lot, so it's actually really good that way. But. Uh, I guess, Brett, you, you can probably, you probably have a little bit more insight than I do, but I know, uh, the Winnipeg zone is not coming back as Winnipeg, it's coming back as zone three or something like that, correct?
1: Yeah, so I was involved at the beginning when they first introduced it as the, um, it's an unaffiliated zone, it's, it's Winnipeg and, and other areas that aren't represented by Central or West Manitoba. Um, uh, I'm not involved anymore, unfortunately, just a lot of stuff came up in my personal life, regardless, um... Yeah, so it's there's no they don't have any voting rights. Um, they have a liaison to the M5 board, um, so basically they just report to the board. Um, they get kind of the fees set down, but they they have to arrange uh, the Winnipeg liaison has to arrange the event and and collect the fees and then pay M5 at the end of it. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of a a, a delicate situation. Uh, there's a lot of of bitterness of with what happened before. Um, I wasn't involved back when, when every, all the strife started happening, but I hear it from both sides. <laughs> um, I mean, I could write a book on it. It's a little bit too long to go over here, but, uh, um, now we're at a point where there's a chance for us to play and to get in, we got to do the work and that's how it should be. Right. Like if, mm-hmm. if you want a bull, you got to do the fundraising, you got to pay, um, I know in the '80s and '90s when bowling was in its heyday, uh, all these big shooters would come out and they would win the competition and basically get a free ride. Well, it's not like that anymore. We don't have the sponsors. Um, we we don't have the proprietor support coming in. Um, so yeah, if if we want to do it, if we want to go to BC this year, we're gonna have to to do the groundwork to to get there. So, mm-hmm.
3: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, it's interesting. I'm I'm more interested on. When I was at the, the the meetings they never brought up the if you guys make nationals it, would you be funded through the m5 or not right that's something that I was more interested on like on a, an association side with that but uh, I I think I think it's a wonderful thing getting you guys back in there we needed you guys right so um, and well bowling needed you
0: yeah we, well we there was a there the was competition so
1: <laughs> definitely yeah there was a there's big skeptic, skepticism at the beginning yeah um, because it was, originally it was you had to pay your own way, you had to pay flight, hotel, um, and the M5 just covered the bowling side of it, the stuff that they had to pay to the C5. Uh, but now they rolled it back because of a little bit of backlash and everybody's saying, well, I'm not going to pay two grand to go play for a medal in, in BC. Um, why don't I just go to Regina and Red Deer instead and I'll get there for under a grand, right? Um, or Cuba. Kudos, kudos to the WCBT for that, by the way, giving everybody options. Um, but they rolled it back now it's $500 assessment again. Oh, that's so really good. Oh yeah.
3: To be honest with you Brett, I, I, as, as far as I'm concerned, you're a card member. You have every right everybody else does, right? So um, I think that's, uh, I think that's a great thing for you guys.
1: Yeah, very, very exciting, very, very exciting books. Uh,
4: now, Brett, I, I know you've been speaking a lot of the uh, you know outside the, the Winnipeg perimeter. But uh, I know your Facebook posting last week kind of sparked a a nice debate around the country, which is excellent. Uh, What were the results of your Winnipeg uh, questionnaire?
1: So (laughs) I think there was over 180 responses, um, which was great. You know, I woke up that morning. I was like, you know what, Um, I don't want to do work today at school. Um, I'd like to just chat on Facebook all day. So I'm going to throw out something, put a little powder keg out there, and hopefully some sparks will hit it, right? Um, so, by the way, I know your guys' poll for the top five bowlers in all of Canada had nothing to do with my posts. Never. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? In the end, uh, it, it, it was definitely – we cleared it up pretty early on saying, well, you know, it's more so the last couple years, right? Like um, – you can't say so much, like, you can't throw Karen in the top five for, for both sexes. Although I did specify male, but, um, you know, we've had a lot of good shooters going a long way the last couple years in WCBT and national events. Uh, so Jeff Bourne was on everybody's list. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a guy that you guys know, right? He doesn't play WCBT, but you know who he is. So oh, yeah. he, he must have won a thing or two, right? Yep. Um, him throwing that second strike in 10... And hopping around the lanes for two minutes was probably one of the highlights of my bowling career, just being able to see him uh, see him do that. Uh, was... I wish I had the uh, acumen to um, add a little Mario coin music to it every time he jumped up in the air. Probably, probably would have been pretty cool. But, you know, the guy had the flu the night before. Uh, yeah. We're I, all I... sitting in a room talking about it, and he's hugging his toilet, and it's unbelievable.
2: I thought he was dying. Like, he was he was in really rough shape. But there was so many people there that weekend that were, like, in really, really rough shape. But him jumping around was, like, one of the coolest things I've ever seen.
1: Oh, <laughs> was man. Awesome. Unreal. And you know what? I I got him out on my slow pitch team, so I've got to know him uh, a lot better over the last few years. And he is truly one of the gems in this sport. He'll, uh, Unless you're bowling against him in a tournament... He'll he'll give you every every tip you need, or or, or he'll find things in his, in your game that he you think he thinks you need to work on. But uh, you know, don't ask him in the middle of a tournament because <laughs> he won't tell you. But man, that guy's a competitor and a half, unreal. Oh, and he's yeah. a pretty good shortstop okay. too, just to let you Ooh. know. <laughs> stops everything that's hit his way. Uh, Dwayne Gillardi was on a lot of lists. Um, recency, yeah. right? say now fifty the PPC. I mean, it, what, what if it wasn't for this
2: last year? Like I don't think Dwayne would be on that list, would he? I mean, I love Dwayne. I think he's a great shooter. But I mean, everything that he has done in the last year has been phenomenal.
1: He was yeah, he awesome. Been really, really good. Um, he's very, very accurate. Yeah. Um, as soon as he finds that line or that angle that works, he can just hit it over and over and over and over again. Absolutely. Um, he's he's great, and he's a student of the game too. Uh, yeah. He's probably the biggest fan of the sport that I know. Um, yeah, he's a great shooter. I mean, him and his brother, right? Um, the old brotherly competition, raising each other up. I'm sure you guys know that, of course. Um, competing against each other for years. Um, My brother gave <laughs> up long ago. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He kicked the crap out of me in Calgary last year in the 16th. So. Um, I,
3: I I think Trevor Cook's very very good. When he gets on a rhythm, he just absolutely just throws bombs all day.
1: Yeah, I left him off of my top five. Uh, I don't bowl Friday nights anymore, so I never see him except for Masters. Um, He finished one spot out, but he ended up being on the team because Cordell couldn't go. Um, Yeah, that's right. You know, he he used to show up, and there was three certain things in life. Trevor Cook was going to be in the top five for a tournament, death and taxes, right? And it just, I don't know, I just haven't seen him dominate tournaments like he used to. And there's just a, there was just a few other people that I had to put a, a, ahead of him on my list, but I mean, don't get me wrong, he's he's awesome, such a good yeah. shooter, and best nationals roommate ever you could ever ask for. So good, he's in bed, boom, mm-hmm. nine o'clock. You walk in, eleven thirty, eleven forty-five, maybe even one, who knows? Uh, you walk <laughs> in, he's like, hey, have a good night. We both go to sleep. Unbelievable, <laughs> wicked guy. Oh,
0: awesome. Who else was yeah. on your list, Brett?
1: Uh, so what do we go? Jeff, Dwayne, um, I, Kyle Young. So I spared in the Thursday night league at Dakota. Um, basically, every time that guy touches the side of the head pin right now, it's a bomb. And he's just, he's all over it right now. Um, Injuries kind of derailed in the last few seasons. He's had some knee problems, but he is shooting so good right now. Um yeah, he's he's another guy that over the last year or so uh you can't deny him because he uh he'll be there. He'll be there when it all when it all comes down to that six tournament for Masters, he will be in the conversation. Oh, and Shane Barry. So yeah. I don't know if any of you guys bowled in the team last year for yeah. Masters. Yeah. Um Shane Barry he threw I don't know the full story, I heard it in bits, but I heard he threw like the biggest four hundred ever. Um in that last game to clinch the gold medal or something. Like he Again, another guy that has so much rotation on his shot, when he hits the side of the head pin, it's got a really good chance of being a strike. The only problem sometimes he gets a little wild, gets a little bit outside, but, you know, he's uh, he's usually on the side of the middle and he's usually shooting big games. And most of these guys bowl, bowl Thursdays or Fridays, so I never get to see any of them. Um, but they do enough at the tournaments I do see them at that i got to put them on my list. I can't deny them, right?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that why Kyle was not was coaching last year at Masters Nationals?
1: Yeah, I think he was just starting to get over his injuries. Um, he was just getting used to not having to worry about hurting himself while he was bowling. Um, he was right there. I, I think he might have been right behind Trevor um, for the alternate spot. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, I'm not sure how your guys' format in, in Alberta works, but we got the six tournaments in our top four. Uh, sets eight, so our top 32 games, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how it shakes down. Like, you take the first two tournaments um, and you kind of throw them out, right? Like, if one guy had one big tournament out of the two, he might be middle of the pack, but all he has to do is get rid of it with a couple uh, 2Ks and he's good to go, right? So, um, Kyle's right there. Uh, Scott Adamson threw like a 2,300 at Mozienko, which was amazing. Um, wow. Jeff Bourne, of course, he's a machine. He's He's plugging out 2100s like it's going out of style and it's crazy the top 14 bowlers for a masters right now are all male for tournament division so jana van wellingham uh karen armstrong linda orne they're all out of the top 15 right now it's kind of uh it's kind of crazy that's the uh, the the men are definitely there's a lot of competition for the men's side the ladies' side is kind of lagging behind a little bit but i mean you put together any of those those five bowlers throw three of them like Alinda, Karen, and and Chris Monchak, and then two other girls doesn't even matter, and they're going to be good at nationals because those teams, those women's teams from Manitoba, Sandy Anderson coming in and getting them being one unit, they always show up at nationals. Like, they're just yeah. they're always hanging out with each other as soon as the teams made. They're hanging out with each other at nationals. It's unreal how much of a team that those guys are. Um, so yeah, I. I it's shaping up the new year, right? That's when uh, everybody starts getting their spots for the nationals. To can't wait, can't wait to see how it unfolds.
2: Yeah, yeah it's interesting. It, it sounds like it sounds like your uh, your masters is kind of like you guys is open. You know, um, it sounds like a, a lot of them probably make it out of the Winnipeg area and they all hang out right away. And it's just, you know, it's awesome. It's cool to see.
1: Yeah, if you look at the open teams there's maybe one or two people from the people that go to the Open Nationals that actually bowl Masters. So there's another yeah. spot of, of the, the division between the out-of-town bowlers and the in-town bowlers. It's like the Open kind of became their thing, um, whereas Masters was kind of the city thing. And mm-hmm. our Masters is thriving. Like We have one of the, the biggest profits out of any of the Masters associations because everybody in Winnipeg fundraises like crazy. And that's what we all focus on. Um, whereas, well, now the open M5 is scrambling to get Winnipeg involved again, right? Which is, is how it should be. I mean, how can you have Manitoba without Winnipeg, right? Um, it's like a gigantic hole in the center of a, of a province, but, yeah. uh, um, you know, it, everybody seemed pretty content for those couple of years. Winnipeg wasn't involved. It was a little bit, a little bit, I don't know. I don't even know the word to describe it. I, I, I have a pretty good vocabulary, but I can't even think of the word about how I feel about how it's gone down over the last couple of years. I make the open for the first time. Then I can't even bowl it anymore. It's kind of mm-hmm. kind of sucked. Yeah, for
3: sure. Now w- with your masters, you guys play six different weekends, correct? So, up up here, we play three weekends and two on a weekend. We play Saturday, Sunday. But for you guys out there, you guys have to dedicate six different weekends in order to come in out of town if you wanted to find rooming and board and then play, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, so our tournaments are always Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're coming from Brandon, you're getting up at 6am to roll on down here, get some McDicks on the way and then bowl in a tournament Mm -hmm. and then two hours to drive back. So you're spending a big chunk of your day just traveling. Um, they, when I first joined masters in 2010, um, they were still doing some, some two, a weekend tournaments. Mm -hmm. They did one, uh, like the second year I bowled, they had a, uh, teaching you bowled Saturday in Brandon and then Sunday in Killarney, I think. Um, but they don't really do that anymore. It's something that gets talked about at every AGM. Like, what are we going to do to get these out-of-towners back, right? Um, I, Yeah, I think once um, Winnipeg starts bowling in the Open again and, and uh, you know, the out-of-towners aren't spending so much money on the Open and, and, and all that, then maybe they'll have the extra couple bucks to come into town to bowl mm-hmm. these tournaments. Um, Masters doesn't really do too much for them to come travel in. They get 50 bucks off their assessment, Um to if you live more than 50 clicks outside of Winnipeg, um, but I don't know if that's enough, especially how treacherous it gets with our roads here in the winter if it snows and stuff. Um, but I mean, what can you really do? Like, let them bowl for free? Maybe I, I don't know. Uh,
3: yeah. But is
1: that fair to us? Right? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, alleviate no. their fundraising responsibilities? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's a tough question. And yeah.
2: the uh, the two a weekend sort of thing. I mean, it's it's working for us right now in Alberta, but I don't know for how long. Um, unfortunately, we're going to be in a position at some point where we may have to start considering doing that as well, and, and so it's simply because um, the proprietor side of things—it's harder and harder to find centers who are willing to take masters on a Saturday when it's prime time, and it's just—it just it's just kind of the way it is. We we have to we have to appreciate um, the proprietor's bottom dollar too. You're, you're so we'll, we'll see. see it,
0: you're going to see a lot more the Saturday going to small houses split. Split men, for yeah. sure. men and ladies, right? Yeah,
2: Aaron and I have discussed this quite a bit already, and like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end up having to split the Saturdays and the put together on Sundays. I would good.
0: I would much for rather sure. see that than going to six weekends because no, I, I don't I'd that don't would agree. put yeah, a huge strain it. on it.
3: More prohibition—that's all I ask. When the guys are by themselves, <laughs> just crank that up. <laughs> 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 that's yeah. the other side of it too is at some point we're going to
2: have to consider being uh, allowing alcohol at these Masters events. It's going to have to be considered, at least.
1: Yeah. You guys can't drink at your Masters events? No. Nope. Thank you, right? No. Oh, man. We're, but we, we're but, one of the but few we, provinces that can't. Yeah. But, we,
3: but we can go and have eight beers at lunch and make sure so we get a buzz for the first three games. Yes, yeah. As the
2: guy who has <laughs> no driver's license, you can have eight beers. <laughs>
1: You guys are like the Steinbeck of bowling associations, man.
3: Uh, you need to get some more alcohol in your
1: life. To, man. To, yeah,
3: to be honest with you, Brett, ever since we got our new tournament director, everything's gone downhill. I'll tell you that for sure. Valid, honestly.
2: <laughs> it's the, the best one-year term I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, mean, I, I don't see it going to six weekends anytime soon. But I, I think the split weekends... Uh, it was almost a possibility this week, uh, this year in, in Calgary again too. Um, it's just, it's just kind of how it's going. Yeah, it
0: makes sense, and that's so.
2: okay. We we just have to evolve. And you know what? I'm okay with it too because, you know, it, it's it's kind of nice to have the smaller smaller centers get something too. Um, we saw when we went to when we went to Innisfail that one time, they were super excited, super yeah. excited to have us, and uh, I think it's great. And, and I mean, Robert's always really excited to have us. Um, the the Harrises they're always happy to have us. It's it's nice that they get to do something like that too and yeah. normally they wouldn't have that opportunity. The Harris's so how' gonna
0: fail now, yeah. so that would work okay.
3: How good. is that gonna work, Dex? How'll that With work what? when you have Well, there's two males on the as the tournament directors, which one goes plays female? Is that Aaron or is that you? Oh well it's
2: clearly Aaron. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: um,
2: no, uh we're we're I'm, I haven't discussed with Aaron yet, but I, I'm pretty sure the idea is going to be that we're just going to have everybody pay on Sunday. I oh. mean, we we, uh, we invoice, uh, or the uh, the center's invoice us anyways, and That's then we, we send them a check. So uh, we'll just get everyone to pay on Sunday, and we'll get Kelsey or someone like that to run the singles pot over on, on the ladies' side and call her an A. Yeah. Easy peasy. Cool. Masters is way
4: easier to deal with in the C5. Or the <laughs> A5, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> could, could you ever see Alberta Masters going to two weekends? And then take
3: like top three at a four. That's something what, like uh, that. Saskatchewan does that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that maybe. That's a possibility too. I just I just think that I think there's too many uh, you can have one really good weekend and call it even, right? I mean hey, then hey, plus you'll plus you have a lot of people out of central that still compete, right? You know, it's not fair for them You think about it, they're gonna go to either Calgary or Edmonton every time. Right. I mean, Red Deer is yeah, still hosts as well.
2: But how fun a weekend would that be? Three in a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We get to party, we get to party, you know, all all three days.
0: I don't know if you could ever get a house to hold a Friday, though.
1: Definitely not. (laughs) 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 Is that not a depth thing for you guys, too, though? Like, with the depth of talent that there is in Alberta. Do you think three out of four is really a fair assessment of who the best bowlers are in your province? No, I mean I, compared I don't think to a so. place like Saskatchewan, uh, just the sheer number of players that you can get. Nothing against nothing against Saskatchewan. <laughs> this isn't a whole like Winnipeg versus Saskatchewan thing, but it's just it's just a sheer fact. Um, you just have so many talented bowlers, and, and the sport is so huge in Alberta um, that you know four out of six or or having the the six tournaments is. Uh, I, I don't see how you could do any less than that no. with with the amount of good bowlers uh, you guys yeah. have, right?
4: No, I think
2: I you're absolutely you.
1: right. right. I'd, I'd, rather,
2: think, s- you know
4: I'd rather see six out of eight.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where would we so, put the uh, other two? Down in nah. in, uh, in, in South yeah, in that, Medicine, medicine I, Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I low low. mean, I wouldn't mind it. I think I think our greatest asset in Alberta um, isn't even just the depth of the bowlers; it's the closeness of the bowlers. And I think the greatest thing that we have for our Masters is that, you know, us doing two a weekend, we go play our tournament Saturday afternoon, and then we have, you know, 30 people go out for dinner together. Like, 30 people. It's it's an insane number. And any restaurant we go to hates us because <laughs> we, just, we just bombard their kitchen at 9 p.m. when they have one cook on. Yeah. But it's awesome. Everyone just gets along. Everybody goes out and has a few drinks because they can't while they're bowling. And then we have a great time. So everybody just, uh, that's, that is, I really truly believe our greatest asset in Alberta for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. adding in another weekend would be great. I just Take don't think it's in the schedule. Yeah. No, it definitely isn't. Well, not at the moment anyways, no. but uh, yeah, I, I think taking out a weekend would be uh, really hard pressed to do.
1: Well, there's um, another issue that you bring up there, right? Um, how many associations and how many different events that we have, um in every province every weekend's basically taken by something different that you, you don't have the options anymore basically if you're the last dog at the bowl you don't really have a choice of when you're going to do stuff uh yeah. so with the three is it just three major associations is there a fourth <laughs> like i don't know right you got masters you got the c5 and you got the proprietors um, we all
3: saw what the tour right i mean tour yeah and the tour now, now
1: another yeah. big entity right like you can't run anything on the on the same weekends as, as the WCBT because you will you will lose your top bowlers. Um, so even here, right? So yeah.
3: So Brett, I'll give you a little bit of insight. I, I'm always loving to do scheduling out here, uh, but uh, so, so so how it works is Masters you normally just goes ahead and does it anyways, but books it like you know a year in advance. Uh, I know I'm just kind of like making Dexter feel like that, but. Uh, and then the proprietors always send their stuff out in June, right? And I always believe the proprietors should have first dibs. And then the five-pin events are always on. I guess you can say on traditional weekends. We always have them on the same weekend, usually um, Easter. You know, first week in February for you challenge. You know, the open's always going to be qualifying end of January. And then, uh, and then the, I then you have your local associations like your E-fives or the Calgary fives and all that does they fill in the blanks kind of thing. Um, but that being said, I mean, uh, that you've seen my schedule, it's it's sometimes one or two, or uh, you're picking lesser of two evils, right? So this year, I mean, the last two years, the Masters have coincided the same weekend as our TPC, uh, but it's just been our turn uh, teaching Masters. I mean, then you look at it, there's a few seniors that might play, or the few teaching that might play, but we're fortunate out here that I think you can um, you can. If they qualify for the top 32, I think they can miss one anyways because the best three out of four where they're not necessarily hurting themselves, right? So um, we we don't really see much of an issue with that conflict out here, but it's there's something every weekend. And with YBC, you don't want to have something like a Masters fall on a YBC weekend either because most of these bowlers have parents or they're actively coaching within, right?
1: Yeah, that, that the whole scheduling thing is a nightmare here anyway. Okay. Um, especially because nobody coordinates with each other. Uh, I know Amanda DeVinny at St. James uh, puts together uh, a Google calendar. She does a great job of, of making sure things don't conflict. But uh, I know there was a couple times we we're trying to run tournaments and somebody says, well, no, that's, that's this weekend. Right. And then, and then it got to the point where it's like, well, but if we run a superior event um, and this is the only time we can do it, do we really have to cancel because we're stepping on someone else's toes? So, it's the whole competition thing, right? Um, look at here. Look at look what hap- what's happening in Winnipeg right now. The biggest entertainment center uh, in all of Manitoba is a bowling alley now, right, with Uptown Alley opening a couple weeks ago. Um, that's going to completely change the game of, of how things work around here. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see how things shake down after the, they open. We have a lot of bowling centers here for the size of our city. Yeah. Um, so we'll have you, to see how things go over the next few months.
2: You guys have the highest amount of bowling alleys per capita in the country, which is interesting. Um, the other, uh, okay. and an uptown. Did it, it opened up like across the street from Billy Mozianco, is it? No, uh, no, oh. it's pretty much
1: across the street from Polo Park.
2: Yeah. Polo Park. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So I guess we'll see how that goes from Polo Park.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, they still have all the, the people that, that just go to the mall and then decide to chuck a couple games, right? Yeah. Um, I, I personally like Polo Park because I always bowl good there. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just have a hard time looking at it. And, you know, you can bowl at Centre A. And, yeah, sure, it's got glow bowling and it's got cheaper drinks. But then you got Uptown with all the flashing lights and the arcade and the laser tag and the whole ambiance, the good food, like... Man, how, how, even if you got to spend an extra 10 bucks an hour, like, why wouldn't you go to a premium experience? Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that's the way things are going to go. I, I, when I made the team in 2015 for the Open, going to Neb's and you got 48 lanes across, right? And somebody was like, yeah, they have a go kart to take you from what lane one to lane 40 if you have to. And I'm like, haha, you're joking. But then I got there and it's like, holy crap, this place is massive. Um, so yeah, I think Supercenters is where it's at. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Hopefully, uh, maybe we can get a tour stop here one of these days, so I don't have to travel for every uh freaking tournament. I'd like to sleep in my own bed uh, Saturday night, going into a Sunday morning. But um,
0: uh, I, I don't to get to, that. so I don't think you should either. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
2: so you have enough friends here; you have places yeah, to sleep it's, if it's like. only an hour and to every tournament. If you wanted to go home, you could. <laughs> I'd love to see one in Winnipeg. The only thing is, is like. Uh, we were at the Bull Canada meetings, and, like, we had multiple centers from Winnipeg approach us and ask about having uh, a, a tour stop. Um, the biggest thing is you guys are going to have to find a way to work together. Like, you guys are going to have to talk to each other and figure out where it's going to be held and, and not and just, and promote just it. Work, work together. Yeah, just work, work together on it. And I think that's the biggest thing, because I think it'd be a huge benefit to Winnipeg, and I think it'd be a huge benefit to the WCBT as well.
1: We don't get enough support from the guys who average 220, 225 around here. Um, I know they did the free-fall finale at Rossmere <laughs> a few years ago, um, and there weren't a lot of people from Winnipeg who played in it. And there, there's another issue. Um, yeah. How do you... I go out to the WCBT events... Um, and I see a bunch of guys that I... Because I've made the teaching team out of Winnipeg four times. I've never made a tournament team for Masters. But all the guys that I play against in teaching from Alberta or BC, they all play the WCBT events. And they're like 220, 225, 230 shooters. But yet they're playing. They're dropping the 200 bucks to bowl in these events because they want to get better and they want to be surrounded by the better bowlers. But we don't have that here. Uh, if you ask somebody who averages 225 around here to bowl in a good event... Uh, they'll say oh no that'd just be throwing my money away and it's just like you know what man you're only gonna get better if you're surrounded by better bowlers like you'd be surprised how much your game improves just being around better shooters um but they just I don't know they just I guess they've there's no interest here for those those guys that are averaging under 235 to, to playing these events. So I don't know, like, how is it for you guys? Like, what's the incentive for you guys to get the to get the 225, 230 bowlers out? How do you guys do
3: to it? Be, yeah, to be honest with you, uh, Dexter and I can talk about this a little bit. I think with our satellites were huge. And uh, to be yeah. honest, we, we got that mm-hmm. we got that uh, from the free fall finale, actually. I'll, I'll give credit to that. Uh, but with the satellites, we, we aimed for 230 and under. And with well, some high scores from a certain center out here, we raised it up to 240 and under. Uh, And with actually had a lot of support for uh, having it over those numbers for a different division just because they wanted to be there and throw extra balls. You know, a lot of people maybe not play Sherry Park a lot, so they want to have that opportunity to do that. But that being said, uh, I think uh, we're really fortunate out in Edmonton that we really embraced it as a city championship, I feel, a little bit. Um, that We got a lot of of, uh, locals to come out, our our local centres, have really bought into it, and they feel it's, you know, maybe a little piece of their own too because they're proud of it when their bowlers go out there and play well. So that that aspect, I think we're very fortunate on. Our local associations, whether it's the Masters or even like the 5-PIN, the 5-PIN helps promote it with the, the youth seminars and stuff like that. Everybody's kind of bought into it, right? Um, I was just talking to actually Jeff Young like an hour ago, and he's like, we, we have the same issue out there, Brett. Yeah, that's what he was telling us, right? A lot of people don't want to put their extra money in there. Um, we, we run the satellites now. we don't get a lot more than we used to. We actually get less. More people are willing to throw the 200 bucks and like you mentioned. but I think they feel more of a, it's more of a city championship. They have some kind of feeling towards it. They're proud of it and they want to be part of it more than anything now. I, it, it takes time to grow, I think that's all you would have to and hope, right? So maybe I don't know. Maybe when you run your masters events, who knows? Maybe throw an extra twenty bucks in for a side pot, and you can pay out maybe one in ten or something like that. Every two hundred, you can you know get another entry or two on the side. You don't maybe necessarily have to have a, a tournament in order to do that.
2: Yeah, well, um, sorry, uh, don't mean to jump in here, but I, I think um, we're really fortunate again that we have a it's it's a really big community that we have out here uh, in Edmonton for sure. Um, Everybody's pretty close-knit, and um, I have to give a lot of credit to Tim for TPC. He's he's a guy that lives with his thumbs. Uh, He is in constant communication with people all the time um, in all sorts of different areas in bowling, um, with him being in the E5, whatnot. Um, But, I mean, all the the youth events uh, with, uh, like, Youth Challenge and stuff like that, um, he's there, too. So... Um, he gets a really good opportunity to talk to a lot of the kids and, and then, uh, you know, we have the, um, the POA challenge that he'll usually be at too, um, and he gets a good chance to talk to people there. I think, I think the, the thing that we're really lucky with, uh, lucky and overwhelmed, I guess, is that we have our hands in everything and it's, it's like nonstop bowling, part of, part of Edmonton nonstop all the time. We're always doing something. So... I think we're lucky that with us being so involved, uh, it it kind of it kind of makes it feel like a community. And we try to push people to try to these things because, as you said, you need to do these things to get better. It is not a waste of two hundred dollars; it's an investment in the future. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right my... it's a big word of mouth thing too, right? Um, a lot of the, I guess, the better players, the two fifty to two sixty players, they. They support the 230, the 225 players to play in the tournaments. Like I know, actually, quite a few of the guys that will even pitch in money to help those guys play. Right? Mm-hmm. They're they're constantly encouraging them instead of um, what's the word? Chastising them for not playing it. You you hear a lot more support than it is um, a negative thing. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I I that's a fine line between getting mad at a guy for not dropping the money, rather than saying, "Hey, like, you should really come out. Remember that Saturday? You came out and you shot that 1,100. You know, you just bear down and you come out and shoot that in this. Yeah, you know, you might, you might make the money, right? So, yeah, it's uh, that's that's a good call.
2: You're you're right too, Kerry. I mean, even at TPC, we saw multiple instances where people are like, you know, I really want to play. I really want to play. I don't know if I should play, and they're like, well, you know. I'm averaging this, and, and it's 200 bucks. And then I I've saw multiple times where people would be like, you know what? I will throw in 100 bucks, mm-hmm. go play, you know, yeah. um, just because you know what? It's it's good for the community, it's good for the sport. I think Tim's right about uh, the the side pots too. I mean, uh, there was a, a couple of years there in Red Deer where they were running uh,
0: one ball after
2: yeah one <laughs> ball. So you you'd have like you know 10 people up in the lane. They put in 20 bucks. You know, everybody would throw a ball if you were. If, you didn't throw a strike, then uh, you're out, and the people that did throw the strikes got to keep going, and and away you go. And it was re- really quick ways of creating entries for sure. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, we did it after our Monday scratch all the time. It you would literally, so you do it eight or nine weeks in a row, you get nine or eight extra entries that out of nowhere, right? And it was only mm-hmm. twenty bucks.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, Carrie, is it, is it now? Is it thirteen counts now? From how you're talking, or no, it it's a, it's actually
0: low <laughs> low score out. <laughs> so it's usually the guy that cherries a three pin gets kicked out, and then you move. Yeah. On.
3: <laughs> no, for sure. And, uh, and Destro does bring a good point. There's a lot of times out there where, where we just throw money at somebody. I know, uh, I know. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm, not to make your ego there, Adam, but I know you've done that with Chris. Uh, you say, hey, Chris, you gotta play, and you know you made him play the open once, and you end up with a gold medal, right? Um, and there's only ways you can promote that, right? I think we're out here, we got the right attitude where we want to play against the best and, and be the best instead of, oh, you're taking my spot away, right?
4: Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah. Well, I think that's where the big shift has been probably the last 10, 15 years, right? It, it used to be so cutthroat, uh, especially if come from Calgary. Uh, all, all those guys, they, they genuinely hated each other, and there was zero support for anybody trying to get into that clique even though they hated each other, right? So nowadays, you, you see it all over the place. You, everybody's still kind of got their little clicks. Everybody's, um, you know, getting the same caravan to, to get down to a tournament. And uh, everybody's willing to push everybody through. You see it all the time in, like, poker, right? Everybody's going around, and they're they're in their little their little clicks. Um, Chris is a perfect example. Um, the, the You know, one of those guys who's just on that edge of being... Very competitive, uh, just needs that extra little push, and all, all it takes is really, you know, just giving that that extra little bit of confidence and uh, really promoting their own game within themselves. And, and yeah, yeah Chris, Chris has done wonders. Right? Looking he finally made the cut at uh, TPC.
3: Right, they smoked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
4: <laughs> but he, he's going to live with that moment and build his career based on that one. Uh, yeah, that yeah, one. Absolutely. Event.
3: I mean, yeah, and, and, and and in all fairness, that's a, a Jesse Bouchard going nationals or Remo Nestor getting silver. You, all you need is that one that one feeling once, and you're hooked, right? So, yeah, we all mm-hmm. just seem to work
2: well together. Even the centers out here seem to work well together. Um, people running the tournaments out here seem to work well together. There's no real big pushback or or pulling. Um, everyone just kind of works well, um, and I think that's where I mean. B- BC is is a, a good example as to why um, you know they, they don't they don't get the local support uh, they they used to have Scottsdale and it was a huge tournament and then it slowly dissipated into a tournament where it was like all the Alberta guys going out for a vacation and taking each other's money and oh. so we we stopped going and and it's unfortunate because I love that tournament but you know you have A number of people out there who have really good ideas and a lot of ambition for the game um, but they just don't seem to want to work super well together and then you have kind of a faction that works on this thing and then a faction that works on this thing but instead of making like one great event they make you know they've made multiple smaller events that kind of fizzled out because the other faction doesn't want to support and and it's unfortunate because they just need to get on the same page so, we, again, we are very lucky where we are.
0: Yeah,
1: everybody seems to be holding their cards close to the chest. Eh? They don't want to give out their big trade secret that they might have that gets business at their center. Um, so everybody mm. just keeps everything close to the chest around here. Eh? So, yeah, no, that's 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 good to hear. And, and you know what? Things are improving around here. Um, there are a few centers that like to work together. Um, but, again, I just don't know how it's all going to shake down after the the 30 lane super center opening up. We'll have to see how, how things go for some of the smaller centers. Cause we do have a lot of eight lane centers around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if we're going to do the two a weekend, um, you know, we'd have to bullet an eight lane center, a couple shifts on a Saturday. And then can we even get uptown on a Sunday? I know that's where, where we're doing our last tournament this year, but might be the only time who knows they might be packed with birthday party Sundays, uh, in April. So might be the only uh-huh. time. We'll have
2: to see. Either way, it's good for the game.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Anytime time center opens, it's good for the game. Yeah, Uh well, I mean, open, quote-unquote, right? I mean, because Academy closed, and then kind of just like Phoenix from the Ashes into this beautiful 30-lane mega center. Um, So we lost our biggest, most popular center, and then we opened maybe our biggest, most popular center. We'll have to see.
0: How, yeah. how big was it be again because it was up and
1: down 30 right? 30 16 yeah. and 14 yeah, yeah. same mm. thing with the new place 16 and 14 oh. um, two two different sides full restaurant laser tag big redemption center yeah,
3: yeah I did I did the virtual tour already it looks pretty cool
1: yeah it's uh, yeah. it's gonna be something hopefully uh hopefully we'll host something where uh, you guys are involved and you can come come check it out. It'll be it'll be something quite spectacular.
3: Yeah, sure. We ha- we have some fond memories at, at Academy. It was a good time when we were there. Oh. So
1: upstairs yeah. is was the greatest bowling venue you could ask for. Oh, yeah. Uh people watching up in the rafters. You have the scoreboard up top so they could see what the score was still. Um just open air. Just yeah, it's like when you were yeah. throwing it was like you were up, up on stage. It was unbelievable. My my, my best be, memory be, be... of
0: academy is playing push during uh, Masters singles. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't I, that's one of the many times I got told to shut up. So <laughs> that 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 one carry, and I remember we had a was a side pot downstairs when the singles were going on. Yeah. Everybody yeah. started playing doubles downstairs. Yeah. And I uh, after my little speech that was given to me, I decided I didn't want to play. And I'm carrying my shoes downstairs, put away in my bag, and then a certain individual asked me to play with him because I, I was the only player not playing yet and uh, his name was Mike Herbert and I said no Mike I'm not playing and he promptly threw his shoes in the garbage can and we watched Singles. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I remember that. It was it was kind of it was kind of priceless, but yeah, yeah it was it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. There it wasn't was priceless.
2: It cost him three hundred dollars in bowling shoes. I'm sure he went and got
0: him. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Knowing Mike, it's
2: a strong possibility he just left. Sure, he
0: just left. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Oh man. Okay, Brett, as our uh, guest. Um, we do have a couple questions, a little questionnaire that we, we're going to start asking all the guest speakers. Um, so first one is your bowling mentor. I do have a guest for it, but, I, I would like you to, you to chime in who my bowling mentor is. Yeah. Uh,
1: geez, that's, that's a tough question. Cause I only started bowling competitively in like 2010 after I was done YBC Um, my average was about like 170 until like 2007, 2008. Um, and then my brother kept on getting super cocky, uh, about (laughs) how much better he was than me at bowling. So I decided one day, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to join masters. I'm going to practice and I'm going to be better than my brother because just, I'm sick of his crap. (laughs) Um, but I would have to say the number one person, um, who has taught me the most about bowling would probably be Lauren Spruill. Mm. That's probably the number mm. one guy because he was my YBC coach um, and he was the coach uh, when we I won my first master's golden teaching. Um, he's always around he's from the same neighborhood as me. Um, sure he's a little bit long-winded at times mm. um, but he's forgotten more about the game than I'll ever know. Um, so yeah I'd have to say I'd have to say Lawrence Poole.
0: okay and along the same line who is your idol?
1: My idol. In, in I've been bowling oof, oh man you know what it was uh, it was Karen Armstrong for the longest time I mean um, even though I wasn't too far into it I would still watch it on TV and it just so happened every time I flipped on TSN um, it was Karen on there uh, ripping it up and, and then uh, luckily enough she's like the nicest person in the world so when you start bowling competitively um she's the first person to compliment you on doing a good job. Um, she's the first person to tell you what she likes about your game. Um so I hope one day that I'm as well respected as she is um from coast to coast. Um she's wicked.
0: For sure. Okay. Uh what about your favorite tournament?
1: Ooh. That I'm going to say I would have to say the TPC. Yes. Um, that is the tournament where my dad and I go by ourselves just the two of yeah. us um, nice. you know we do a little road trip we flew one year um, but we usually drive um, this was the first year I actually qualified so now I actually have good memories on the lanes too uh, but uh, yeah no the TPC for sure I like uh, I wish there was more seating but that's not your fault um, sometimes it's hard to find a spot for my dad
0: Uh, to sit and watch,
1: but um, that's just a a product of you guys putting on a a, a heck of an event. So I'd have to say the TBC. I have really good memories from Regina, too. Um, You know, I made the consolation my first years. It was my first cash tournament. Uh, I made consolation. I bowled like a 930, but I I came third behind Evan LeCousier bowling like a 1040, Uh, and a friend of mine, Jesse Lee, bowling uh, like a 960 or 970. Um, and then I thought to myself, I'm like, man, I'll never make the cut at one of these things because it, it's crazy. So then the next year I come out and I finish 32nd, um, which was the worst. So um, we're watching the scoreboard, right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not playing again. I bowled like a 21, 21 something, uh, or it was just 22 something maybe. And I was just like, I'm not bowling again. Why would I bowl again? Everybody told me I was good. Um, so as the scores went on and on and on in the last shift, we're constantly making the laps to the sheet, right, over in that corner. And they, they have the um, the sheet comparing what they're averaging, right? So it shows you if it pushes you out of the top 32, if they stay at the same pace. So uh, the two guys that were constantly rotating, they were myself and Scott Clawson. Scott Clawson had bowled one or two pins higher than I had. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, after the last game, Len Anseth threw like a 340 <laughs> to jump both of us and pushed him down to 31st and me down to 32nd. And he made a comment like, oh man, 31st, like that's tough. And I'm standing right there. <laughs> and I kinda look at him and I'm like, take a hike, man. Like, <laughs> you, like I got, now I gotta bowl three more games, you jackass, get out of here. Um but you know what? I grabbed my ball and, and and my brother and my girlfriend can attest to this. I, I went over to myself and I said to myself, I'm like, you know what? I've bowled against these guys before, I've beat them before, like I just gotta be good for three games. Just just go get it done. And, I mean, sure enough, I, I won uh, two of the pots. I, 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 I won the consolation. Ended up making a run to the finals where I lost to. And we haven't mentioned his name yet, much to his chagrin, but I lost to Mitch Davies in the in the B finals. Um, so, he's going to be glad that his name was brought up in this podcast <laughs> at one point. Uh, so, the best
3: bowler, yeah.
1: Nine
2: for nine.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so, I'm going to against him all time. time. Um, I actually have uh a winning record against one of the bowlers in this little circle here. I've only played him once and I'll let you guys guess who it is. I've only bowled against uh I've only bowled against him once in match play but I beat him. It was only one game it was in Calgary. Autumn Open. Autumn Open, yeah. yeah. I went 3 for 12 and uh <laughs> <laughs>
3: You <laughs> yeah. won that year though, Kerry. So you're okay with that.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm I okay. I lost <laughs> a carry. No, I lost the carry. It's um, me, um, isn't it? No, I is beat Adam. You? Yeah. I beat Adam. Oh that's wow! Like, hey, I got oh, I you go all time against Adam Weber. Suck it. Andrew, Top bowler Canada. Yeah. Got opening yeah. record.
4: I, I usually go like seven and eight in that thing, anyways.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. please!
3: Oh, Mister, I four wins.
4: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah,
3: exactly. That's exactly how
2: you win that many times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good time, man. I was, so I was so exhausted after that. After the autumn open, I was just like, "This is good. This. It's gonna be a good sleep." Yeah. Yeah. That's a long.
0: <laughs> that's a long tournament. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. we um, got a couple more. Uh, we'll, we'll start with this one. What's your, uh, we'll call it your arsenal? What bowling shoes and what bowling balls do you tend to th- use?
1: So I have a ratty old pair of Dexter slip-ons um, that have a slider on both feet. Um, they were discarded in the Moseyanko parking lot one weekend. Um, and they were sitting in the no case, and I turned to, I turned to Carly, who's the manager over at Moseyanko, and I said, Hey, what size are those shoes? Um, she's like, I don't know. Try them on. So I threw them on and they were a little bit big, but I was like, Oh man, these are comfortable slip ons. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? 10 bucks. You can have them. I was like, okay, cool. So yeah, I've got, I've got a cheap pair right. of Dexter slip-ons. Wow, That's
0: awesome.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, I've always thought about getting on the bandwagon of building my own shoes and, you know, getting like neon pink kicks or something, but I just love these these white slip-ons. It's the only pair of bowling shoes. There are two things that I always wreck. I always wreck my cleats for slow pitch. I always go through one pair a year because I got wide feet and I'm always pivoting because um, I play a lot of infield, middle infield. Um, and I always wreck my bowling shoes because I, I always pivot a lot when I'm bowling too, which is probably bad, but whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and for balls, um, so for the TPC, I was throwing – Um, A 5-inch, 310 paramount. Um, And my backup ball was a 4. And uh, I want to say 4 and 7, eighths 3, 8 soft roll was my backup ball. Um, But usually I throw uh, Pro 72s. I just find that I've been cranking the ball way too much. So I got to throw the Pro 72s so I'm not moving the ball like 10 boards when it's rolling down the lane um i don't throw hard enough to just have it go and dart at the last second and i lay it down quite a bit so um i gotta throw something straighter else i'm gonna be all over the map right
0: cool cool cool
1: and then that's uh, that's
2: almost a better story than uh, Stu ryan for his shoes i kind (laughs) of like that better
1: oh man i still have like when if if you guys are coming to regina you'll you'll notice the, the white shoes it's in my uh my WCBT profile pick, I got those big, big white That's bastards awesome. on.
2: Uh, we'll
0: be looking for them now.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Stu always says that he has to take his first pair of shoes because those were the lucky ones. And mm. you, you took the first pair of shoes you found in a parking lot,
3: so I think that
1: wins. <laughs> <laughs> Ten bucks, yeah, I'm still
3: using them like three years later. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that, that, that was probably Mike Herbert actually beyond. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, um, I guess my last question is, uh, how would you improve five pin bowling? Like what, what is the aspect that you would like to see an improvement on?
1: You know, I was thinking about this quite a bit today. Um, I think that the biggest thing that we could do for our sport is to highlight the individuals that play it at the highest level. Um, when we are bowling in these tournaments and we're bowling our qualifying shifts, um, I was lucky enough uh, to play with you at the Autumn Open in the, in the top 40s. I mean, I chucked a one seventy in my last game and didn't make it the top 16 because I'm a donkey, much like on Tim's shirt there, um, which I'm surprised. How come you guys don't have your shirts? Oh, anyway, hey. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. As the only guy who hasn't won an event here, um, whatever, i got to take my shots where I can, right? Wait, wait. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, I would have to say just letting everybody know like what kind of people we are when we're playing. Like I got to play with you in the top 40. Um, and I found out that you're quite the avid slow pitch player. Mm -hmm. Well, holy crap. Like I've been around slow pitch my whole life because my parents run a league. Um, so then it started to click for me like why why you throw so hard like how you can come from all those different angles because you have the athleticism that was gifted to you from playing these sports um you know tim being a huge sports fan uh i mean the raiders suck but i mean you you put up all your memorabilia on facebook it's like holy crap like that's a lot of really cool stuff An Ari dickey signed photo who has that crap Right?
0: No one, just him. Tim, yeah, Tim Wiseman. Was, did somebody give you an offer it. on that? And, yeah, he, and
1: he's he's trying to sell it. Yeah. You get an offer on that yet, or? I I sold it. Okay. Oh. I was wondering if you emailed Ari Dicky and asked if he wanted it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, and then uh, you know, big Chiefs fan, big soccer fan, right? You know, you, you you can tell he's Adam's very proud of his his German heritage. You know, all these things like. Everybody who plays this game, uh, they're wicked people. Like, they're, they're, they're awesome people. And, and you watch the curling events and, and you know, you get to know what they do for work and, and what they do in their spare time and what brought them to the game. And, you know, and, and how great would it be to, to build these profiles for for our top bowlers, right? Um, when you guys were doing your what's in the bag segments, a, li- a lot of your guys' personality came through when you guys were talking about it. You know, whether it was brought out that you were super cheap and you didn't like to share your equipment, or, you know, if you're just giving out sliders to everybody who comes up and asks for one, right? You got to know that through people, you know, and and just talking about the theories of the game, too. Um, As soon as I uh, watched Dexter's What's in the Bag, and he was talking about how the old pins, the five-inch ball lined up perfectly with the band so you get more horizontal pinfall. Well, holy crap, that's something I never thought of. Like, it's... I mean, that makes sense. You, you would have the uh, specifications of the game to, to match up with the equipment, right? Um, but you don't really think about it until somebody you respect and somebody who excels in the sport tells you that. So if you have the guys that are bowling perfect games and winning these tournaments, like like Lonnie Akers and his family. Um, so I bowled Chris Hyslop in the first round, um, and his kids were all like, come on, Dad, come on, Dad. I beat him, <laughs> and I felt bad. And then, and then I bowled Lonnie. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lying, and his family's like, come on, Dad, you got this. And he kicked the crap out of me, so I, I got on both ends of the spectrum, right? Like the <laughs> but, but how wicked is that? The, the guy wins, um, and the first thing he wants is a picture of him and his family taking with the trophy. Yeah. Like, like who who wouldn't like that story, even if you're not a bowling fan? Yeah. Um, you could put that on Center. Uh, on TSN, and people would have a heartfelt moment with that, because it truly is a family game. You could have a guy who's 65 come in and win a tournament if he's hot, right? Like, there's no other sport you can do that, and and it's not a, a detriment that it's lo- that this sport is looked at um, as an all-ager game. Oh, my 95-year-old grandmother bowls in the league. Like, how competitive of a sport can it be? Well, man, watch the WCBT, watch the guys that are at the top of the sport, and 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 say something, right? It's I don't know. We just if if we got to know our bowlers a little bit better, and highlighted their strengths out off the lanes too, it would be. uh, I think it would be a big benefit to our game.
0: Yeah. Well, welcome to the Five Pin Universe podcast, and that's uh, kind of the stuff we're trying to start, right? We're trying to bring, I guess, the the personalities back to bowling and into the limelight. I guess you could call it.
3: You're right, Brett. I, I think there's a lot of uh, miscon- uh, misunderstanding when you th- think of a higher average bowler. You're automatically sometimes feel intimidated. Uh, so that is something that you know. I think we're fortunate. Most of us around here, we try to go and talk to the the casual bowler or try to encourage them. But uh, if they're if they don't know us, you're correct. If they don't know us from just just from watching us both play, it, I can see where you're coming from with that. I can understand that.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I. I, I my, made my first cut in Regina and I'm, I'm bowling against guys and uh, it's just like, man, these guys are so good. And then I'll come up against an Adam Weber bowling the same lane as him and it's like, oh, he's, you know, Robert Lewandowski's his, his favorite player. Uh, he loves German soccer. Like, that's cool. I love Lucas Podolski, Left-footed hammering shots. Like, unbelievable. Wicked player, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Tim Tim being a Raiders fan. Like, that's cool. And, and I guess Weber liking, liking the Chiefs. Um you know, that's cool. These are all things that uh, um, you get to know. And it's just like they're just other dudes. And a lot of people forget, like, when you win, the other guy loses. Um, so you don't, you know, we're like, ah, oh, we got to win, we got to win, we got to win. And, and some guys are just are such jerks when it comes to the game. Like, they're just so cutthroat. And, you know, for some people, that's what it takes to win. Um, but, you know, if you look at most of the guys that win these turns, most of the top guys they're pretty wicked people off the lanes too. So, you know, if you're if you're too focused and you're and you're you're not accessible as a person, I just I, I don't know. I I think it's bad for your game if you if you shield yourself off and you're not, you know, clapping hands after you punch a head pin. Uh, you know, that's my biggest pet peeve. Uh, the other day I bowled in a league. Uh, somebody threw a six bagger, but they bowled like crap their first three games. They were barely high fiving people and they came off the lane. It's like, holy crap, dude, you just threw a six bagger. Like that's wicked. That never happens in, in in this place. So, you know, like, how are you not more excited? But I don't know. I guess just people expect too much of themselves, or they just, you know, they're just they're too they're too cool for school, right? They just they think they're so good, and it's just relax. You At know, the end of the day, I got to work on Monday.
2: I think uh, I think we can all agree that we take far more out of the game outside of wins um, than we do with the money and all that other stuff. Uh, just being around the people. Seeing the country uh, making friendships, uh, none of us would be sitting here if we weren't friends from this game. So, I think uh, not being a approachable person in this game it would be an absolute crying shame. So, I totally agree. I think there's lots we could do to highlight people. Um, you know, what? maybe maybe we need to we need to get somebody on board the WCBT to like you know do interviews. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have somebody that does interviews. Like, hey. I'm Adam Weber. This is what I like. Blah 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 blah. Go through all that. <laughs> but you know what? You throw it up on the WCBT website, people would watch. The other thing I I've, I always thought would be interesting um, would be, I mean, if, if we did a series of like WCBT like trading cards. You know, we could we could do them every year. We can have a series every year. You know, you can have a person's picture on it, of them bowling or whatever, and then a quick little bio and their stats for the last couple of years. You know, we have all those stats now. I think it'd be neat. I mean, maybe we'll have, like, 15 people buy them. But, you know, it'd be a
3: collectible. It'd be interesting, you know? Hey, my mom would be buy be <laughs> <better> them. <than>, yeah. <laughs> be better than the fidget spinners.
4: That's
3: for yeah. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> give, 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 That's
4: give a terrific idea.
1: Yeah. Give him away in
4: post
3: cereal. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> General Mills is—is it a General Mills right now? yeah, yeah. it is yeah. General Mills right now. But uh, you know what? Hey, but, more days. Uh, you take Dwayne to the side after he bowls his four fifty, and he's got a break because he lost on the one side, and you have a representative say, "Hey, so you you know you bowled your first perfect game, uh, ninety five hundred bucks. Like, how's it feel? How are you feeling right now? How did you feel going into 10? Right. Just a little blurb, little snippets, make a little compilation video at the end about all the highlights, including the ceremony at the end. Right. I mean, it seems Mm -hmm. it seems pretty doable. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but I'm sure there are people that have the technical capabilities of doing it. Look at the look at the M5 finals, the way that they have the overlays and and the profiles and everything. Um, Ken Wilson, then he's he's a wizard uh, at, at that kind of stuff um i'm i'm sure i'm sure he'd be willing to share his expertise on on how to get some of that stuff going but yeah interviews would be cool just uh, you know the little interviews after the uh at the tour championship right uh the little interview before and the little interview after it was just a little thing you guys added this year and it was great it was great to just have that that little interview after just to talk about so how are you feeling oh you know what he pressed on me in the middle of the game i was feeling a little bit i was gripping a little tight but you know what i loosened up and I started throwing shots. When, when Kerry was going on about uh, uh, his first match, uh, where he came back and, and took it back and said, You know what? I'm an adrenaline player. And I was too cautious at the beginning. When I'm running and gunning, that's when I play my best. And it's like, I personally thought, I'm like, Man, so the whole like slow and steady approach isn't the only way to do it. Some guys do play when they're going quicker. Holy crap. Like, maybe there is a place for me, right? So <laughs> it just, just knowing that, you know, some of these guys that, that, that win the events are just like us, right? They go up when they're on a six-bag or kind of nervous about throwing that seventh one, but maybe not as much because they've been there. Um, but, you know, Karen Armstrong admitting in this interview she did with, uh, was it Jeff Young? He used to do that blog with the 21 questions, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're, they're, you're reading about it and she says, doesn't matter, I'd already thrown one. The second time I went up for my 12th ball and I was shaking like a leaf. It's like, okay, cool. Like, one of our top athletes still gets nervous when she's got a big shot. So, you know it's okay. I can be nervous too.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. No, exactly. Yeah. It, anything to make the, the person you're looking up to or the top players more personable, right? it it just draws people in instead of, there's always something to be said to be intimidated by some of the players too, that, that makes a little edge. You want to beat them, but, um, personality adds a lot to the sport. That's, that's definitely a, for sure.
1: That's why I grow this beard. It's for intimidation, man. If not, I'd look like a 21-year-old child, a fat baby on the lanes. I didn't know Grizzly Adams did. Nobody worried about pulling against me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs>
0: yes, <he did. laughs> yeah. i just like to thank Brett Hendrickson and the regulars, Adam, Tim, Dex. Thanks for coming out, guys. And uh, a lot of interesting topics. I think it went pretty good. Thanks for coming out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure.